0: is diet sports uh, behind the pump i'm jason i'm brody and this week on uh on behind the pump uh we're gonna have a special guest with us that uh, just got diagnosed within the last 18 months uh we met here on vancouver islands uh, his name is ethan lowenstein and uh uh we'll be chatting with him in a little bit but uh First, we've had uh, we've had a little bit going on uh, lately uh, within the world and within the diabetic community. Anyway, um, uh, since the last time we uh, we talked, there, Brody, um, you know, first up, um, you know, we got word there this week that the uh, uh, National Hockey League's starting up, and of course, uh, um, you know, everybody's big question was uh, you know whether or not Max Domi was going to play, and I know I know we had we had our conversation. I think it was around the. It was our first or second second time we were talking um, uh, about uh, athletes playing, um, uh, you know, right now with COVID and, and whether or not you should play. And, um, just you know, the diabetics in general. Just diabetics in general. COVID. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with it you know, all. You know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and I'm sure somebody uh, uh, with blood sugars like Max Domi's, you know, he met, he, you know he's keeping those pretty tight uh, as I imagine any high performance athlete would be. And, uh, um, a lot of misconceptions I'm hearing out there as well. Um, you know, I think the biggest one I heard is, uh, um, being a diabetic, you're more susceptible to contracting the disease, which we all know is false. Um, right. It's, right. Uh, um, you know, it has more to do with the complications if you do catch it. And, uh, um, you know, and that's, that's been studies and, you know, if anybody's been been paying attention to our Twitter feeds and, and Facebook uh, posts and all that kind of stuff, uh, we do have uh, links there, uh, from diabetes can, as well as JDRF explaining all, all the, uh, all that stuff. So, but I guess, uh, I guess they're going to wait and, uh, give max seven and 10 days. I guess they, they agreed to, and, uh, I guess see what happens, see what's happening in the COVID world when the NHL starts back up and, um, you know, I don't know. Do you think it's a good decision to be waiting around or
1: in, in regards to being a type one diabetic?
0: And yeah. Or, you know, or, or, you know, I, I'm sure Max wants to get back in there playing like, you know, you're an athlete, right? right? Yep. You know, I'm I'm sure.
1: I I think I respect his decision and it's probably the right one mm-hmm. because we don't really know what's going to happen once, Big groups, big teams um, are going to be amongst each other, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to be in cities that have cases. It's not like there's going to be no cases and there's still going to be variables that could bring in COVID. So I think it's a waiting game for him. Uh, It's probably the right one to do. It's tough because if you're a Habs fan, you're Mm -hmm. going – what the heck, we, de- we want you to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I believe, how long is the training camp? Two weeks?
0: Uh, I believe it's uh, 10 days.
1: So it's a 10-day training camp, and was he just opting oh, out?
0: Wait, no, maybe it is day? two weeks. I think they're supposed to, I think first round is supposed to start around the beginning of August, so yeah, maybe it must be three weeks.
1: Okay, so Get he was just going. opting out of the, the training camp. So it's not Yeah, like- so,
0: so the first 10 days, so you're, you're looking at, uh, you know, it's the 13th tomorrow. So you're, you're looking, yeah, 14 days, 14 to 17 days of training camp.
1: Right. right and so. for his circumstance, it's probably the right one. He, I mm-hmm. don't think he's going to be um, hurt mm-hmm. too much because they would set up a program for him. He would still be involved with all the team meetings. He would be right. involved with the team. He's not like he's just going to be completely isolated.
0: No, that's right. Um,
1: from everyone. So, so I, I think it's the right, it's the right call.
0: So you know, obviously up here in Canada, where you know we're we're a hockey obsessed nation. Um, I haven't heard whether Andy Rose or Jordan Morris are started playing. Have they joined their teams?
1: And MLS MLS is back in action.
0: That's right. So they're they're in their bubble. I know uh, in Florida, which is which ra- raging COVID is raging right now. I think they were. Today's numbers were fifteen thousand cases in one day, oh, okay. um, but of course MLS in the MLS back tournament uh, or MLS MLS is back. That's yep. what they're calling it. Um, you know, and, and I haven't heard whether or not if if, if Andy or Jordan have joined uh, Vancouver or uh, Seattle. Um, haven't heard, actually. Haven't heard anything on that actually.
1: Yes, I just pulled up. It, it looks like Jordan is uh, train isn't during in the training camp. It
0: is in the training camp down and there, the so he is camp. playing.
1: So he is playing. So June fourth, twenty twenty, it was an interview with Jordan Morris on the lead's return to play, and it it didn't emphasize or highlight um, his condition. Right. So I think within Jordan Morris's. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's exciting to have games back. Yeah, yeah. he's so it's he's he's playing. So yeah. there's an interview I just pulled up. He has a mask on, and it looks like he's ready to go.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. So it, it it's interesting. You know, obviously it's it's each individual's decision. Right. Um, uh, as well as the teams too, right? So, no, I just I just found it interesting because you know you haven't heard. I I said we're we're a hockey obsessed nation. So um you know everybody's wondering about max domi um you know and, and i think the new york rangers are in the same situation with Capo cap uh, Caco. i don't know if he's he's going to be cleared to play or not but uh you know we'll we'll, we'll see we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep everyone posted on to uh what's going on with our with our favorite t d athletes uh, playing yep. in the pro levels right now especially with covid going around
1: yeah um so you know just up, sorry just to follow up i just pulled up another um, article here it says: Diabetics Jordan Morris and Rose discuss decision to play in Orlando. It says Seattle Sounders winger Jordan Morris and Vancouver Whitecaps midfielder Annie Rose had different considerations than most when assessing whether they would play in the MLS and back tournament, or in the MLS is back tournament in Orlando. Uh, then it discusses uh, Morris and Rose are both type one diabetics and a condition that carries a higher risk of complications should they contract COVID-19 players spoke to the Associated Press for a story released this week discussing the process that went into deciding to play in the tournament. So from the sounds of it, they're both um, in it. How, this is a quote yeah. from Many Rose. Having all those conversations, given my health, given how seriously I take managing my diabetes on a daily basis, I came to the conclusion fairly early on even before Orlando was a go. This was still during negotiations that I would feel safe." Safe going so it looks like both of them are are
0: are playing well there's our answer <laughs> so that, that's kind of something you didn't hear. You didn't hear up here, right so no, um, no that's good that, that's definitely good to know um, so yeah, so uh, so you know obviously the sports sports leagues are all starting up um, you know a lot of other stuff's been happening as well. Um, you know if, if anybody had seen our Facebook page. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, uh, there was an incident that happened at the at the at the uh, National Historic Site, Banting House, um, which uh, if anybody who does or doesn't know, that was uh, uh, the house of Doctor Banting, uh, discoverer of insulin, co-discoverer of insulin, and um, uh, outside of Banting House uh, stands the uh, Flame of Hope, which was lit. Back in nineteen in the late 1980s, uh, by the Queen Mother, um, it was lit for the hope that uh, uh, it would only be distinguished when there was a cure found for type one diabetes. Uh, While well, late, late, late or mid June, uh, vandals went in and, and uh, wrecked the uh, flame and this extinguished it. So um, there was a go. There was a a GoFundMe set up. Uh, and uh, happy to announce uh, that uh, Diabetes Canada and Banting House had reached their twenty thousand dollar goal, which is great to hear because uh, uh, I know that's a lot of diabetics. So they go to Toronto. That's one of their that's one of the pilgrimages that they make. They got to go to Banting House to go to go see the, uh, uh, the house of Doctor Banting and swallow the Flame of Hope. So uh, great news with that. Mm-hmm. All right. So right now we're gonna. We're going to jump into our interview. Um, I'm going to take it away there, Brody.
1: Sure. So today we're interviewing my good friend, interview, interviewing my good friend, Ethan Lowenstein. I met Ethan three years ago, eh, Ethan, I, on Gorge United in Div 1 soccer action of the VISL, the Vancouver Island Soccer League. Um, Ethan and I played together for a short period of time, but we became good friends. And we became, became even better friends when I got a text when, one day and I was on the bus. I still remember it, Ethan. You text me, you're like, hey, man, uh, I'm type 1 diabetic. <laughs> and I, I was like, holy, holy crap. Because for me, I was diagnosed at 13, um, and it was Ethan's 27th birthday, if um, I'm not wrong, Ethan, when you were diagnosed. Correct. Yeah, and so... Uh, I reached out and I offered my advice right away and offered meeting up. and we, we went to a little coffee shop in Fernwood and sat down and and had conversation about diabetes. And we talked about approach to soccer and and as an athlete, like yourself, any level of athlete um, that gets diagnosed with diabetes, their first thought is, how am I going to play the sport that I love? And will I, will I be able to play the sport that I love? And uh, so we talked about that over a cup of coffee, and um, yeah, and and here we are.
2: Right on. Well, first off, thank you very much for uh, having me on. Yeah, thanks, um, thanks for
0: joining us, Ethan.
2: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I still remember that quite clearly. What a crazy <laughs> situation that was.
1: Yeah, yeah. It I know it's it's relatable and and like any all the conversations that we had um the feeling that you get when you're diagnosed is is um
2: unforgettable (laughs) yes
1: that's that's the that's the word so well but we were talking about previously about covid and max Domi and the uncertainties of return to play and all that uh during this pandemic. Uh, It's stage three here in BC, but what have you been up to during the lockdown?
2: (sighs) Um, Well, actually, I've been able to still work, which um, I feel actually quite lucky to have been able to do. I've uh, worked with the city of Victoria in parks, so I'm pretty uh, isolated from the public and working outside obviously we've had some different uh, i guess working protocols and keeping our distance from other people but um it's worked out we didn't have to miss any time so i've been staying pretty sane for the most part yep. i also just moved so i was in a bachelor apartment before when all this started mm. thinking how the hell am i going <laughs> to get through all this in a shoebox mm. yeah. but um no it's um I ended up moving in with my girlfriend at the beginning of May and uh, yeah, pretty much just small uh, hikes and trying to get out as much as possible, obviously in a safe manner, but um, I haven't been playing much soccer, which is uh, a little disappointing. Definitely miss that. Right. But um,
0: yeah. So, so let's talk about your diagnosis for a minute. Cause I know, you know, for for myself, being a parent of a type one diabetic, you know, obviously Curtis was diagnosed eight years old. Um, you know, all, all those range of emotions for us right now. You know, you Brody the same. You know, you were you're diagnosed at at uh, at a young age as well. Um, but here you are, you're in your here in your mid twenties, right? You know, yeah. you're working like what what so you know how did you. First off, how how did you discover that you were you're type one? Like, you just kind of ran through what, what kind of symptoms you were feeling before you got diagnosed.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, was it
0: was 2018 around Christmas time,
2: I remember, and I was um, isn't that the same as you there, uh, Brody?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, December 16th.
2: Right. Well, this is when I started feeling my, my symptoms. Yeah. I, I remember, and I was just, uh, I remember getting up in the middle of the night and just absolutely no saliva in my mouth, like just ridiculously dry having to pee. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I had no, like, I didn't know anything about diabetes or symptoms. It's not in uh not, it doesn't run in my family or anything, but, um, this went on for a few weeks and, um, I remember I was just being, I guess, a little stubborn to get checked out. And I remember doing going to a soccer practice and doing a beep test. And I consider myself what a pretty good uh pretty good stamina. And I was the first one of the first ones out. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I think it was a few days after that I finally go in um go into um a doctor's office and kind of just tell him my symptoms. And he's like, Oh. Okay, well, constantly thirsty, peeing all the time. I didn't realize it, but I ended up losing uh, 20 pounds. Right. Um, He's like, that sounds like uh, you're a diabetic. I'm like, you must be wrong, but we'll go get our blood tests uh, next day, my birthday. Go to and I was sent to uh, uh, the diabetes uh, place in um, Royal Jubilee Hospital. And uh on my twenty seventh birthday <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah, they told me you're so you're now a type one diabetic because I had a I think it was a thirteen point nine blood sugar reading fasting. So it was uh pretty high up and then I'm kind of my She kept talking to me, but I'm just like, in my head, what the hell does this mean now? Yeah, Everything, all these thoughts and ideas running through my head. I'm like, can I still go out and party with my friends tonight? Like, what the heck is the deal? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
2: What's going on? And uh, I had a a big dinner book that night at, uh, I think it was Cactus Club, about 20 people. And we get there and I'm just sitting probably all pale-faced, like, what the hell? This is my life now. Yeah. And they had made me a fireball cake.
0: Oh, no. and, which
2: is just pure sugar. Yeah. And I took like the tiniest little sliver. And I remember checking myself, and I was like 27. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. And I was just freaking out and I couldn't drink and I didn't really enjoy myself that night a whole lot. But uh now 18 months later, my life's uh quite quite a lot different but um, definitely took away a lot of positives from this so yeah (laughs)
1: my my next question for you is how has your approach to diabetes changed from that night or the first day that you were diagnosed with all this uncertainty of what's life going to look like how am I going to operate to to now and it sounds like just from your a1Cs and just being around you every time that I'm around you, um, your blood sugars are always pretty solid. Um, yeah, like describe the change that occurred over the last 18 months.
2: Yeah, well, um, I was living on my own at the time and uh, I actually, I'm, for the past four or five years, I've been working quite seasonal. So I'd always be um, let go at the end of December and start back up in March. So I was not working at the time. And I had a lot of time to kind of try and do some research about this, um, about type 1 diabetes. And um, I actually, my dad told me to get in touch with my aunt, who's kind of studied um, naturopath, homeopath, dieting for her whole life. And I had a long talk with her about how she would go about or how I should go about with my my diet regimen and just... I have to be quite strict with that. I always ate um, pretty much whole foods and decently healthy, but it was, uh, I still had to make quite a bit of changes going to lo- low glycemic foods and increasing my vegetable intake quite a bit. So, yeah, I think it really started with um, what I was consuming and how that was going to affect me and how I wanted to reduce, I guess, my insulin sensitivity because that can be a huge uh, huge issue over time and um yeah how much insulin affects you you definitely want to keep it at a good level kind of from the start and yeah so from the, pretty much right from the get-go i was watching what i was eating and paying close attention to it obviously i'd still have a lot of slip-ups at the start everyone's bound to but um yep. yeah just really focused on on my dieting and uh, yeah, stayed pretty pretty strict with that for the first. Actually, still pretty strict, strict, but definitely more so the first uh, few months.
1: No that's that's really good. And a part, a part of being diabetic is Jason can relate to this. Not only you are affected, the people around you are are affected. Your loved ones, your family, your girlfriend, your your close friends. How did they approach it, or how did they react, and and are they, are they actively reminding you about it? Um, yeah. So how did, how did they react to your diagnosis? Uh,
2: yeah, my, um, my parents live on the mainland and I remember calling them and telling them and they were just kind of shocked. I'm glad that we got like, uh, we found out what it was and how we can go about Um, helping my or how I was feeling ill but uh, they were shocked it was a bit hard because they were quite far away and not able to they felt I think a little helpless Mm. but um it was about uh, two months afterwards I met my girlfriend and I remember being I couldn't even tell her the first two uh, dates that uh I was diabetic I was too scared to, to see what she would say yeah and then um I didn't realize, but a friend of a friend uh, ended up telling her, and she was, uh, of course, fine with it, and she wanted to know more about it, and she did a lot of actually uh, actual research and just uh, try to help me as much as possible. and to this day, we're now living together, and um, yeah, she's constantly on me about uh, what I'm eating, and um, definitely a lot of support there. It's really nice to have uh, someone close. Like that is constantly, yeah, yeah, helping you and out with like that. And uh, the boys, <laughs> and the boys,
0: how was it? Uh, you go a little a little bit back, how was it? Uh, how were you mentally after you found out? Yeah. I know you know, and and, and you talked to a bunch of other, and I talked to a bunch of other parents too. And, and I know Curtis dealt with that right when he first was diagnosed. Um, you know, and I think everybody's called me, I think it's diabetes days is what, uh. Um, you know, most parents are calling them, um, you know, it's, it's one of those days where you, you know, you know, my, you know, Curtis was always down, down on himself those days, or especially those first few days, a few weeks and months, um, uh, after he was diagnosed, uh, we didn't really want to do anything and it was just a drag and it was just like one of those days. Right. You know, how, how did you take that mentally? Because, you, you know, for yourself, you know, obviously you're, you're a lot old, older than, you know, I dealing with, you know, an eight year old or 10 year old. How, how did you take that?
2: Right. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had, a, especially at the start, I had days where, and I wasn't working, so I just didn't want to leave my apartment. Um, I was just, I was a bit worried too. I was like, oh, what if I, what if I'm going low when I'm out in public by myself and I wouldn't know how to react. And um, yeah, I, I definitely got uh, a little anxious, I guess, on, um, on just life in general, but I knew um, talking to people with Brody definitely, uh, was a big help and, um, just kind of trying to follow a bit of a routine so that, that I could be a little more comfortable and doing more and more. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I'll still have, uh, I'll still have days where I'm just like, yeah. okay, I'm a little, getting a little fed up here. It's, uh, I'm skyrocketing and then
0: overcorrecting and then, Overeating, so yeah. what, what, what kind of regimen are you on? Are you on a pump? Are you MDI or? Um, no, I'm just
2: um, just pens, just uh, pens, and yeah, and uh, pricking my fingers. But um, I uh, I've tried to get a CGM, yep. I was denied because uh, you need a pump with that apparently for my uh, insurance, really. Yeah, they said I need to get a pump first, so I was. Pretty actually ticked off because, uh, yeah, it would make a life a lot easier. I finally got um, uh, coverage this year, and uh, I was looking forward to that to prevent all those uh, finger pricks. Even though I shouldn't complain because tons of people still have to do that, but it would definitely make life a lot uh, a lot easier. But um, I de- so since they said that, I've been looking more into getting a pump. But I'm, I'd rather just have a CGM, I think, for the time being. Right. But, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: Still just pen and, uh, and finger pricks.:
1: Yeah. well it's as long as you're constantly pricking, it's solid, but it's a game, complete game changer. Yeah, right because then you're not relying on your your habits and you to be switched on all the time right and then the human error is less of a, of a factor in your diabetes management
2: exactly it, it, it can be quite mentally exhausting right obviously no so it would be nice to have some of that worries taken over by by something mechanical right and just not have to think about it all the time for sure. Get some get some warnings and for sure. Yeah.
1: So when you're diagnosed, that's pretty much mid season for the VISL, eh? Yeah. So did you you did you return to play right away? What was your approach?
2: I believe it was the next day. <laughs>
1: what did you go up? Right, yeah. On. right
2: on. yeah, went up to I think it was Cowichan and uh and played. Oh, yeah. I was definitely a little shaky. I was kind of – and I remember measuring it, and I didn't realize how much uh, adrenaline I get in the game. Mm -hmm. That's still to this day. No, I haven't uh, to this day. I don't think I've gone low while playing, but going high is uh, more of a concern. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my regiment at least has changed massively. I try and follow a routine. Actually, thanks to you, I – I'll try and um, have uh, a meal, a proper meal, about three to four hours before. don't want much insulin in my system. Then, um, yeah, I'll be checking myself constantly leading up to that game. I kind of have similar type meals before and right. just something I'm used to. And yep.
1: and you know your ratio and how much you're going to take. And
2: yep. Exactly.
1: Yep. How yeah, did you but, communicate towards your coaches? How did, to Danny, how, what were they like?
2: Uh, I actually ended up just making a kind of bit of an announcement to the team. I was yeah. still really unsure at the time. And I was just like, Hey, just so you guys know, this is my uh, current situation. Now, if you see me dogging it, <laughs> tell me to drink a juice box or something. But yeah. uh, um, no, they all were like super helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, Danny was good. He, my coach, he's telling me uh, if I have any issues, like let him know he, and he's really good with, with, um, checking up with me and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, in a way I've seemed to found a bit of an advantage with it and just being really in tune to your body. So, um, I think I've been doing all right in that department making it work for my, um, uh, for my uh, style of play and whatnot. And yeah, everyone's been accommodating.
1: That's good. I'm not not surprised. That's a good group of lads over there. Yeah. Big group of lads.
2: Shout out to Gorge.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So are you planning on going on a pump? Are you in the process of going with the, talking with the insurance and discussing that and, or what, what have they told you? Where are you at with that?
2: Um, I'm not in quite yet in the, in the process. Um, I've tried, it was quite an ordeal. Actually, I was waiting about six weeks to hear back from someone there's it was during uh, this whole coronavirus, So all the offices are like closed down. I'm trying to make a bunch of phone calls, but um, by the time I heard back, when they said I wasn't able to, or I wasn't uh, eligible, Mm -hmm. I, um, um, yeah, I considered the pump but um Yeah, say that question again. Sorry, I just lost I it. Asked, are you are you
1: is are you um in the middle of the process of yeah. getting the pump or where are you <laughs> at with it? Have you decided cuz I you, the insurance company said you need to get a pump first before you get a CGM.
2: So yeah. they
1: follow up and tell you what you need to do to get a pump.
2: Uh not quite i haven't really seriously looked into getting a pump like i've thought about it just uh here and there but for the time being i don't think i i would like to do that unless i'm starting to see a bit more issues with my i guess my a1c and whatnot but right. um yeah it's, it's weird it's a it's i i can definitely see it happening in the in the not too distant future but right and and would I ideally mean,
1: right What's now that? if your blood sugars or your a1c what was it 5.6 yeah 5.6 that's unreal and if you're at a 5.6 you probably should just keep on rolling with what you're doing right now yeah. and not change it because that that's good
2: it's, yeah yeah it's just the cgm that would give me additional
0: i guess comfort so for sure a get, get comfort all around i know well, you know Curtis is on the Dexcom and you know for it coming to you know you know i could be up here in Fort McMurray and like I said it's it's uh you know I got a, I got his blood sugar right now right so I you know I get all the alerts so it that would be awesome definitely takes you know it takes a lot off you even your loved ones if your girlfriend wanted to let you know or whatever she can get the alerts and you know, hey, you're not getting up and, you know, whack you in the middle of the night or whatever, right, if you go, so. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that would be, that
2: would be ideal. And I know she would, uh, she would feel a lot more comfortable with that, not having to worry. Because, yeah, that probably uh, does take a toll on her as well. And,
0: yeah, if it's, uh, if it's avoidable, then why not, right? Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's just, just the amazing technology, you know, coming out really is. Even even with the pumps, it's, uh, you know, I believe, you know, Curtis is on the tandem and, and Dexcom, um, you know, Brody, you're, you're on the guardian and the, yep. uh, and, and the Medtronic. Um, I do believe uh, Dexcom and Omnipod are coming out together as well, uh, with a semi closed loop system. So it's, it's the technology's moving quite quickly. Um, uh, in the diabetes community, which is, which is great to see. That is yeah, it's it's awesome. awesome.
1: Before we wrap it up here, Ethan, I got a question for you. Going forward, what do you plan on do? Do you have any, um, motivation to get involved with groups and, um, the diabetic community walks, um, uh, diasport, um, stuff like that. What's, what are your plans? How, how do you want to approach, um, your diabetes and um, I know for me being involved with sport in a group like this has helped me just make more connections make myself feel better with uh, diabetes so yeah so what, what are your plans going forward with your type 1 diabetes and how would you like to use the situation that you are in right now to potentially help others
2: yeah. Good question. Um, well, yeah. I uh, would have loved to help uh, with dive sport as we were planning on having a, a uh, get well, a, an event this summer, but obviously that's been, um, postponed, but, um, yeah, you were the first uh, person with type one diabetes that I had met, which kind of is crazy to me. But since I've seen, um, several kids with, uh, um using like a yeah, CGM and one without and just having to see how they're like how young they are and it's quite eye opening what a kid has to go through. Um and it's really yeah, I would love to be able to um to help them in uh I guess more of a, a sport approach and how to deal with it and how to like to show them that they are more than capable um in in um high competition uh, sports even with type 1 diabetes that shouldn't that shouldn't play a big factor with it and, and yeah honestly any way possible i would uh i would be more than happy to happy to help and help maybe coach um younger kids with t1d um yeah.
0: in the future yeah i'm sure. not
1: i'm not surprised with that answer i already knew the answer i just <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot. I know, you know, just talking. Uh, uh, I've actually been contacted by a couple moms, uh, especially with uh, with their, with their kids just being uh, just being diagnosed, uh, moving to Victoria or, or moving the island, or just you know just just feeling questions. Um, you know, we had a we had a brand new T one D uh, that we added to our hockey co- hockey community here on uh, uh, on the island. Um, you know when we did our little skate uh, with the T1Ds. So um, no, there's, it's it's definitely a good good bunch of group a uh, good group of people to be involved with, especially with in the diabetes community here in BC. It's uh, uh, you know we, we've I, I've considered myself lucky knowing everybody uh, that I've met and all the connections that I've met uh, uh, since my son was diagnosed. So that's definitely. Uh, um, it's definitely rewarding. Uh if you follow through with it there, Ethan, for sure. Agreed. Awesome. All right. Um I think that's we're out of time here right now on uh on behind the pump, but I'd like to thank uh thank Ethan uh for joining us. Um tonight. Thank it was you. definitely uh, uh a little different perspective, uh like I said, with somebody uh, like yourself being diagnosed. Um, you know. A little later in your in your mid-20s um you know and like you said we're all we're all pretty much used to dealing with you know the younger kids getting diagnosed but you know what adults do get diagnosed uh, uh, later in life so great to hear your story thanks thanks for sharing it uh ethan cheers yeah, thanks. thanks you guys yes and join us next time uh, uh behind the pump with jason and brody take care cheers